Support for Sponsor Talk and the following message come from Sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Welcome to the Sponsor Talk Podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways at how brands interact with properties within sports, film, music, the arts, you name it. I'm today's co-host, Avish Sood. You can follow me at Avish Sood on Twitter to engage with our Sponsor Talk community. And hopefully today you've learned something new about the industry and it keeps challenging you to think differently. And we have a great conversation today, so I won't take too much time away from that. Um, Tom Parbita, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of Sawyer Brands, um, and under his portfolio is actually Duke's Mayonnaise, which is going to be the majority of the conversation today, is here with us. Um, So Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. Um, We we, we have so much to talk about because this happened so recently, uh, and I feel like the pandemic has kind of been in dog years, and, and it feels like it's been many years uh, since this partnership was launched, but it really wasn't that long ago. It was, uh, you know, it was launched during the pandemic. So I kind of want to talk about first Duke's Mayonnaise, um, a 103-year-old brand, a challenger brand in the mayonnaise uh, category. So can, can you talk a little bit about, for those who don't know uh, much about Duke's, what you're all about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks again. Um, and happy to be here. So Duke's Mayonnaise is a a brand that was uh, created in Greenville, South Carolina back in uh, 1917. So that makes it about 103 years old now, if I've done the math correctly. Um, And it's uh, considered in the Southeastern US an absolute passion brand. You know, it's, I tell people it doesn't just have a a place on the table, it has a seat at the table. So it's a, it's a cult brand. It's a, uh, uh, it's a true challenger brand, right? Because we compete in the condiment category, the mayonnaise segment up against people like uh, Unilever and Kraft uh, who are very, very respected companies, very respected brands. And so we have uh, a really unique role in the category of, uh, or segment of mayonnaise. That's great. And it's a great introduction to um, kind of why I, I wanted to have this conversation because for me in Canada, it's the first time um, that I'm really hearing about Duke's mayonnaise because uh, it's, it doesn't have a significant presence here. But in the South, it's, it's like religion. Um, and, and football is like religion. And, and this year you did something really cool. So I'd love to just kind of get an introduction into, into why you sponsored a college bowl this year and kind of how the partnership all came about. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so it all comes back to right, our strategy, right? Strategy is everything. And uh, uh, in the case of uh, Dukes, which is a, as I mentioned, a challenger brand, you know, it's, 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 it's incumbent upon us to, uh, to engage with consumers and connect with consumers on their terms, right? And in the South, food, friends, and football, I call the, the Holy Trinity of the South, right? It is religion. It is part of the culture. Um, but as a challenger brand, you know, it is incumbent upon us to create disruption. Um, 
you know, change, right? If you think about change in general, change seldom comes from the majority. Uh, change uh, is usually driven by the minority, by the little guy. And so for us to achieve our goals and uh, create disruption, engage consumers, engage consumers on their terms, captivate them emotionally, uh, we felt football in the South was a great fit for us. Uh, and so we entered into a relationship with the Charlotte Sports Foundation in March of last year. We announced it in June of, uh, of, this, of this year, right at the kind of the peak of the pandemic. And, you know, back to that point, um, we felt as a company that, you know, making a statement during a pandemic was important, um, not just for the brand and the company, but for the community. Um, we know we're going to sell more mayonnaise through this relationship, but it was more than just selling more mayonnaise. It was about how can we support the restaurant and hospitality industries in particular who have been hit so hard during this COVID outbreak uh, and to make a statement that says, you know, everyone can play a role in doing good. Everyone can play a role in trying to support, uh, quote unquote, the new norm, right? And so we went into it with our eyes wide open that we knew it was a challenging year. We knew it was going to be a very difficult year, but we also felt strategically um, it was the right time for us to make this move. You know, as I mentioned to you when we first spoke, I don't think, you know, mayonnaise as a condiment is very cool. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hot sauces are cool and rubs are cool and marinades are cool, but mayonnaise isn't a very cool condiment. So part of what's also been driving me has been, how do we make this brand stand out? How do we disrupt? How do we engage? How do we do it through the, the Holy Trinity? But in doing so, how do we make mayonnaise cool? You know, and if we are successful at that, we'll get our fair share of the business and uh, hopefully consumers will engage with Dukes because of, uh, of what we stand for. And also because we have a very unique flavor, a very unique taste that has driven the brand for over a hundred years now. I find that such an interesting point because you're right. Like when you think of the condiments category, you don't think mayonnaise as the, as the cool, um, you know, <laughs> the cool one. And I, I feel like what's amazing about this is that the partnership that you had with the, with, with college football has kind of opened up um, some opportunities with, with you, but also um, it's kind of bringing out the coolness factor that's, that's been there for so long with Duke's mayonnaise. And I think um, a lot of people are starting to, relate to that more. They're starting to buy into the brand um, even more so than they did before. Um, it's, it's amazing to see as someone from the outside in. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that, you know, and um, you know, I think it, 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 uh, you know, we haven't done the ethnographic studies, right. But when you think about in your refrigerator, where even mayonnaise sits, you know, it's between the two liter bottle of soda pop and, you know, the, the, the jug of jelly, it sort of sits right down there in that bottom rail of your fridge. Whereas the other, you know, the other uh, condiments that I mentioned there, they're more visible. They're, they're, they're on the speed rail. And so even if you go back to how people merchandise, you know, mayonnaise at home, you know, it's not exactly on the, on the, on a, on the balls of its feet, right. As a condiment. So, you know, we think there's an opportunity to do you know, a little bit more good here by uh, changing the mindset around mayo. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how the partnership started. So I know you mentioned Charlotte Sports Foundation. You came into a partnership, a partnership with them, I guess, in early March, was it? Yeah, March of last year. Yep. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a number of partners that you worked with on this. So you, you partnered with Home Field Apparel to sell T-shirts, um, you know, Second Harvest with the proceeds of those shirts going to support a local food bank. You know, how did you kind of expand on the initiative um, with some of those partners and, and how did you include them in the process as you were building this out? Yeah, sure. So when I came into the role, which was a year ago, uh, when I started with Dukes, um, with Sour Brands, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I wanted to do, uh, as I mentioned, was, uh, you know, shift the mindset around mayonnaise, right, back to this making mayonnaise cool. And, you know, my sense was, right, food and family and friends and football was really part of the culture in the South, based on my experience. Um, and I said to our media group, which is GRP Media out of Chicago, you know, I said in my in my wildest dreams, you know, I'd love for this uh, brand to support a bowl game, you know, a bowl of mayonnaise bowl, right? And you know, I want to play into the parody. There is bowl fatigue you know, in the United States, right? There's 43 bowl games, at least there were, you know, prior to COVID. So we want to be in on the joke. We we we're a brand that we don't take ourselves that seriously. We we um, we we want to we want to enjoy and and allow people to enter the brand you know on their terms and through football friends and food we think that's a great way of entering. So when GRP came back and said you're not going to believe this but there's actually a bowl game available and it's going to be played in Charlotte North Carolina it used to be called the Belk Bowl, you know it was like gosh that's a that's right in our core that's a very strategic market for us and there's a bowl game available, you know? So we started meeting with uh, Danny Morrison and the team at Charlotte Sports Foundation. And from the very first moment, you know, we said to one another, you know, this isn't about a transaction. You know, there are other brands, brands that I've worked on where you sign a big check and you sponsor a NASCAR, you sponsor a a, a sporting event or you sponsor a, a, a league. And it's very transactional. This was all about a partnership. This was all about what can we do together that neither of us can do alone, right? And so we went into it with the mindset of, you know, let's, let's lock arms, let's be good partners, let's see what we can do to really support the, the community at large, and let's do it through college football. You know, college football, as I mentioned now a couple of times, um, you know, many of the consumers we're trying to reach went to these schools in the South, uh, they support the team. They're very, very passionate. 42% of college football viewership in the South is female. So there's a really great fit around family and food through the sport. Uh, but I guess the key point I'm trying to make here is that in working with the Charlotte Sports Foundation, it's been all about partnership. You know, we, it's never been about writing a big check. You know, Danny and his team probably could have found a big corporation or another brand that would have, uh, you know, that would have uh, committed to it, and uh, and that would have been fine uh, for that brand, presumably. But for Danny Morrison at Charlotte Sports Foundation, and for myself, we wanted to do something different. We wanted to really make a difference in the community. And as I said earlier, we knew we would sell more mail, so it was more about how do we create a great experience for the consumer and do something together that uh, would really be electrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, having a non-conventional brand sponsoring a bowl, um, having such a significant component of it revolving around the community, all these elements really helped with, um, 
with, with putting together a, a great story that I found to be, you know, one of my favorite sponsorship stories this year. So I kind of want to like have you tell a little bit of that story of how, um, you know, let's say, for example, Luke Keachley was involved at the beginning of the partnership. There was a huge, um, you know, there was a huge issue with the Duke's website because it's never had so much traffic before. Uh, yeah. I want to kind of go through each component of the last seven months of this partnership and, and kind of start with, with uh, how Luke Keechkeley got involved actually. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the one thing we didn't have the benefit of this past year was lead time. You know, we met in March. We, uh, we uh, got to know each other during April and May and we, kind of locked in on it in early June. So we didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Our first game was going to be on uh, September 26th, Notre Dame and Wake Forest University. Uh, the Charlotte Sports Foundation and uh, their partners, uh, Luke Wire, uh, uh, Advertising, Bespoke, uh, Sports and Entertainment, uh, Littlefield, they've got some great, great partners. And so when we announced the, uh, the bowl partnership with Charlotte Sports Foundation, Duke's Mayonnaise, um, they were able to get Luke Keekley, who is a you know, former player for the Na uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, he'll be a first round Hall of Famer, no question, just a fine, fine person. Uh, all the values you could think of in this brand would be reflected through Luke Keekley. He's just a perfect fit. And on June 18th, he came out to a local high school. It was a Friday morning and he came out and uh, said, how can I help you? You know, and so we uh, we got Luke announcing the Duke's uh, Mayo Bowl uh, announcement. And, uh, you know, we had uh, we had a little fun with it. Right. He, he announced it as Luke's Mayo with a kind of a piece of paper over the Duke's brand name. And then he rotated the jar to reveal that it was actually Duke's mayonnaise. That was going to be the partner. We also brought in John Swafford, the ACC commissioner. We brought in uh, Maria Taylor from ESPN uh, to support this announcement. It was all done virtually, you know. I've said this to folks and it's, it's really quite interesting, you know, with all of these players, including my own team and all these other agencies, I bet there's over 25 people involved in this. We've never met once in person. This was all done through Zoom. It was all done virtually. Uh, we've got people spread out all over the country and it's a real testament to the team you know, that we were able to do this and do it the way we did. And there's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, that game in Notre Dame and Wake, you know, it was scheduled to be in Charlotte, then it got moved back to Wake Forest, and then it got canceled, you know, and so the team could have checked out many times throughout the program and many times throughout it, but they never did. Very resilient group, very committed group. And so we, uh, we then had to had the forward fumble, as Danny likes to call it. It was a for every fumble has been a forward fumble for us. And so after that game in September was canceled, we said, what are we going to do next? And we started getting ready for this uh, ACC championship game, which was on December 19th. And again, Danny and his team at Charlotte Sports Foundation and Bespoke and LGA and the whole crew, they were able to talk to ESPN and we were able to get some presence on that that Clemson-Notre Dame game, ACC championship game, the largest football game viewed in North Carolina ever, right? And so we were able to get some presence with the benefit of ESPN. Uh, we brought Marty Smith in, who's an ESPN analyst, to be part of the brand. He created a content series where he went out and visited a couple of our customer restaurants to talk about food, friends, and football. Mm -hmm. And he's just a great, great <laughs> face for the brand as well, Marty Smith. And then, of course, there was Selection Sunday, 
this year it was very, very short. I think it was on December 20th, if I'm not mistaken. And then, um, yeah, it was December 20th. And then our bowl game was on the 30th. And, you know, while that was happening, there were bowl games being canceled left and right because of COVID. So we were wondering if this was going to be another, you know, uh, hurdle for us. But as it turned out, the game was played on December 30th. It was a terrific game. And, uh, you know, we had some real uh, magic happen at the end of the game. Yeah. So let's, let's fast forward to game day. I mean, I, I'm so interested in, in covering this with you. So the day of the game, um, a branded cooler was, was appearing on the field. You know, the Duke social team had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. You know, cheese it baths and, and French fry baths were things that happened in other bowl games, you know, a few weeks, a few months prior. So a lot of people were hoping for a Mayo bath and, and I'm curious as to, you know, what was the thought process behind having the cooler there and, and kind of um, what challenges did you have if you were planning a Mayo bath and, and kind of see where that went? Oh yeah. The Mayo bath was a thing from almost from day one. You know I mean? You, you're a mayonnaise brand that doesn't take itself too seriously. You're a scrappy brand. Let's have some fun with this, right? It's a natural idea to do a Mayo shower on the head coach of the winning team. So it was on our radar from the early days. But when I saw the Idaho potato bowl and the fries dumped on the coach and the Cheez-It bowl, of course, Cheez-Its dumped on it. It's like, hey, that's game on, man. You know, we've got to, <laughs> we've got to do better than that, right? So we did talk to ESPN the day before our bowl game about what was going to be happening on the sideline. We had a big mayo jug. It looked like Duke's mayonnaise jar in a large jug uh, on the sidelines of each team. And uh, sure enough, I mean, the players grabbed hold of that thing and they, they dumped it on the coach, but it wasn't mayonnaise, you know, mm -hmm. and the reason it wasn't mayonnaise was um, the Carolina Panthers didn't want mayonnaise dumped on their field. It's a natural grass field. I don't blame so got to work on that. <laughs> so we actually used uh, Gatorade and added a lot of extra powder to it to make it look as white as it possibly could. Um, but in the end, uh, it wasn't mayonnaise. But, you know, we still have some ideas up our sleeve for this coming year on how we can leverage that and, and uh, fulfill the promise of a true mayonnaise bath. And then, of course, at the end of the game, you know, the trophy was awarded to the Wisconsin Badgers. And you probably heard about what happened with that. And that was all serendipity. But the truth be told, that trophy came over from Ireland and it, 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 arrived, uh, it arrived in a couple of different pieces. And uh, Charlotte Sports Foundation had to have it kind of patched together for the presentation to the winning team. So we knew that the, the trophy was not, you know, in the best of shape. Uh, and another trophy had already been ordered to replace that one. So that was already, you know, on order because it takes several months to make a trophy. Um, but what we didn't expect is that, you know, the team would take it into the locker room, that the quarterback would be dancing around with the trophy, that someone would have a camera on the quarterback and it would shatter right on cue, you know. And the coach, the first thing the coach says is, I'm just glad everyone on the team got a piece of the trophy, you know. And so no one got hurt. It was all good. Uh, it then, of course, went viral. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, that was a big thank you to the team that has worked on this from the very beginning, you know, that has gone through all these starts and stops and ups and downs with COVID. And we never have, I said, as I said before, we never have met together. And for that to happen the way it did, and for those kids to celebrate the way they did in the locker room, and then for it to happen in 
get picked up and then it just went everywhere. Today's mm-hmm. show, you know, ESPN, Barstool, it's, it's out there now. It, uh, it was just uh, great. And then to add icing on the cake, a couple of days later, you know, I saw something online that said, was it a marketing stunt? And uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't a marketing stunt. I, I can't take credit for that whatsoever. It was pure serendipity, you know, and uh, we were really excited that it played out the way it did. Yeah. And you know what? Um, you, I, you might have missed this, but for anyone listening, like part of the reason why it went so viral is because quarterback uh, Graham Mertz from the Wisconsin Badgers dropped the trophy, but then he actually taped it with a bottle of Duke's mayonnaise to the base <laughs> and the internet went wild, right? They loved the new trophy. If anything, the Duke social team did an excellent job at at kind of having fun with it along um, along with the journey of of the new trophy, right? So I saw, I saw images of, you know, mayonnaise taped to everything, snowblowers, milk jugs, uh, you name it. And I'm curious from your standpoint, when you had a circumstance like that um, happen for the brand, what what was the next step for you guys? Well, it really was a lot of fun, of course, and a lot of work for folks because it happened after the game. I was driving out of the stadium with my wife on a three hour drive back to my home and my phone lit up that the quarterback had dropped the trophy. And of course, when I got home, it was just, it was late on the 30th and there was just a lot of back and forth. There's a holiday the next day, New Year's Eve, of course, I was sensitive to people taking time off and resting from all the hard work they had put into it. Um, But, you know, we said, we called each other, we talked to each other on the morning. I talked to the social team and what can we do about this? So we, our social manager, Sarah, De Pepe, she said, let's come up with this idea. Our brand manager, Rebecca Lopesco, said, let's take these uh, mayonnaise uh, squeeze bottles and let's ask consumers to show us, you know, their, their trophy, you know. So we had people all over the country taping Duke's mayonnaise to snowblowers and to uh, pink flamingos and to disco balls. It really was a lot of fun. Then later that day, now this is New Year's Eve. We said, you know, we broke the trophy. We've, uh, we've, we've, we have a refurbed trophy that the players, credit to the players, they're the ones that taped it back onto the trophy base with their red team tape. So what can we do? What can we do with this? You know, and we don't want to exploit it, but we want to do some good. So uh, we came up with the idea to offer these T-shirts uh, of the refurbed trophy. It says Duke's Mayo Bowl, and it shows this trophy with the, the mayonnaise jar taped to it and uh, home field apparel uh, uh, laid it out. They developed the creative and we, we, uh, we started selling those to raise money for second harvest food bank of Charlotte. We've raised over $30,000. All proceeds go to that great organization. Uh, The program just wrapped up on the 15th. We couldn't be prouder of the way it ended. And again, back to the point I made at the, at the beginning, you know, this was all about going in and doing something good for the community and making a statement that even a small brand like ours can really do some good. And it certainly played out that way on New Year's Eve when we made that shirt available and the thing just, you know, again, it just took off. So credit to the team for being nimble and for being creative and for not overthinking it. You know, it was New Year's Eve. It was five o'clock. I was getting calls to approve the shirt and like, you know, gosh, you know, we've got to make a quick decision here. We can't let this cool off. We can't let New Year's Day come and not do anything. So it was a real quick turn and uh, can't say enough about the team. Back to partnership. It was all about partnership. 
And, and you know what, when I look back at everything that unfolded in the last year for your brand with this campaign, um, a lot of it is for me inspiring from the angle of, of how much user generated content was created and how Dukes really put um, the community first instead of sales first. And I think that's, that's a wonderful reminder for me as a brand marketer and for anyone listening that um, partnerships uh, can have a whole bunch of different reasons why, why you partner with an organization. But um, a lot of times it can be just to make a stronger community impact and, and to really have a, a voice as a brand. And I really appreciate I, what your team did. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I believe this, and I think there's data that would support it. I believe that brands that do good, do better. And uh, I, I'm very, per, I'm personally committed to that because I've seen it in action. I think against the consumers that we're trying to reach, uh, they will see that we're doing good. And by doing good, they'll buy Dukes and they'll buy Dukes bigger than and more than they've ever had before. And we'll have the benefit of volume lift and share growth. Uh, but it's going to come through, um, through the consumer and through a very organic way. And, and so we, we have time for a couple more questions, but I think one important one is, is looking back at the last year, how did you define success? I know that you talked about the community element, um, but how did you define success and, and how are you looking at the, at the program going into next year as well? Sure. So we are running a business, right? And it's important to kind of keep in mind that there are metrics and KPIs that we assign to this. And, you know, we know the value of a SharePoint growth in our core geography. We know what the investment is that we're making to the partnership with the bowl. And so, you know, running the ROI on that investment versus what the value is of growing the brand and growing share uh, and going deeper uh, with customers, retailers and uh, food service customers through greater distribution. You know, those are the metrics that we measure and that's how we measure the success of this ultimately. You know, it's, 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 it's not just an altruistic feel good, clearly. You know, mm -hmm. our strategy or the lens that we look through is very much about how we can support the community as I've mentioned, but it's all being driven by that strategy and by those metrics by which we'll measure our success. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and combining those two is kind of where you, you really see the results um, and, and I, I think you, you guys are a great testament to that. Um, I think one of the more interesting things I'd love to touch upon is, you know, Dukes is such a renowned brand in the South, but with all the international attention you've been getting with, uh, you know, <laughs> the new trophy, um, does, this, does this mean you're exploring to other regions? Are you still focused a lot on the South? How, how does this change things for how you approach the brand, um, you know, in the next few years? Well, you know, we have a lot a lot of opportunity right in our backyard here in the southeastern U.S., you know, so that that clearly is a focus for us because that will help us fund expansion into other parts of the United States. Um, I will tell you this, that if you look at the map of the United States the day before the bowl on Duke's uh, search or Duke's uh, visits to our website and where those visits were coming from regionally, if you look at the before and after, it's quite a dramatic <laughs> It's quite a dramatic uh, shift in, in, in where consumers were coming to, what is this Duke stuff and why don't I know about it and how can I buy some? So that leads you pretty naturally to, you know, uh, e-commerce, right? And getting the brand really effective online 
because we're not a we're not a national brand, uh, which is part of our strength. You know, we're a little bit of that treasure hunt, right? So, by consumers hearing about it through football, through an experience, and wondering why don't I know about this, and then going online to buy it, that's that's kind of the perfect storm for us. So, obviously, we're looking really hard at ecom as a lever, uh, but I think our focus is really being effective where we are today. Yeah, no, it's a great way to end it. I'd love to, to continue the conversation, but uh, I think we're, we're just about out of time. So Tom, appreciate you coming on. This is such an amazing conversation and, and can't wait to see what your team does uh, for the next bowl. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me and, and thanks for everyone that's listening. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. We've got an exciting year ahead this Labor Day weekend. We've got Appalachian State and ECU playing each other on Thursday, September 2nd, and then the mega game, that's going to be uh, a Georgia and uh, Clemson playing one another uh, for the kickoff classic on September 4th, uh, national television on ABC. So we've got a little more runway this time to plan and get better, and we'll get better every day. I love it. And Tom, you've got a future as a, as a football broadcaster too with all this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. I, I love to see it. All right. Well, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Have a great day, Tom. As always, thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and the sponsorship space on LinkedIn to join and engage with our community. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day.